I'm going to jump in here just to let you guys know that since I made the recorded segments of this episode, my thoughts and perspective on the current guys in the debut group has changed quite a bit. And I am really happy with all of them. I like them all. I like their dynamic. I like their friendship. I like their look and their style and their vibe. And so I think that they're working really well together so far. And I'm really excited for what they're going to bring to us and everything they're going to show. The only regrets I have are just how sad it was that some of the other guys who were really well prepared did not make it. So with that said, let's get into the episode. In this episode of Begin the Search, we are going to be talking about Enhypen. Yes, that is an actual new big hit debut name for a seven-member group of guys for K-pop. I don't even know how to talk about it right now. Today, what you're going to hear are my thoughts about the whole process of Into the Island Season 1. You will hear some about BTS because they definitely did show up on the series twice. So I'm going to be discussing them. I'm going to be re relating some things and likening some things to BTS from what I saw on Into the Island episodes. But for the most part, since I did react to it live the very first episode of the series and also I updated partway through in the podcast in another episode here, I'm just going to summarize all of that and close out that experience by telling you all of my thoughts, you know, just to be consistent and just to let you know where I stand after watching the whole thing, especially the finale. So let's get into it. BTS ARMY, welcome back to the podcast. This is Begin the Search. Let us dive into what I thought about the final or the finale of Island. Today, this episode is just going to fly, fly words straight out of the mouth. You've heard of pictures straight out of a camera? Well, these words are going to come straight out of the mouth. Usually, I actually don't have any notes or cue cards, but it helps when I do because it helps me not ramble as much. I wish that I could work on a reaction portion of my YouTube channel because there's a whole lot of BTS content that I want to watch without the copyright strikes, but I just don't know how to do that. I really wish I could figure it out. I'm not tech savvy, so I don't really know how to do that. There's so much about BTS or from BTS that I have not seen and heard, and I wanted to try to watch some of it on camera. Here's the reason why. It's because I want to record and document how I felt when I first heard that or first watched it. And, of course, it's fun watching it with other people who also love what you love. I don't work in the dance industry. I don't work in the music industry. But I can still see things here and there. I guess I'll just share my opinion. And I do have a lot of music in my background. But as I didn't work with K-pop or with dancers, the closest I came to that was being, I guess, the leader I guess I was the founder of a group in high school where we sang and we did a couple choreographed numbers and we competed solo and ensemble and we performed in concerts, not our own concerts, just in high school. I'm not super qualified to critique how people did, but I'll just give my opinion as a person who really has studied a lot of music, a person who wanted to have a dance career and be on stage eventually. When I was younger, I wasn't really considering being on stage. Like when I was a little girl, I didn't really care about being on stage. 
But as I got older, I definitely did want to be on stage. I definitely wanted to be a performer. And it's, I'm not going to say it was taken away from me, but that's how it felt. The little girl inside of my heart, you know, it still feels like dance was taken away from me. So when I watch dance, I get this excitement mixed with disappointment, mixed with... Like, it's not so much heartbroken, it's just this really big feeling of regret. And if I had been in dance, there probably would have been times when I would perform very well, and there probably would have been other times when I would probably have to take a lot of rest, or underperform, or possibly mispractice or rehearsals altogether due to my lungs being so weak. I wish I could have what I'm seeing on the screen. I wish I could have my youth back. I wish I could have the youthful body and stamina back. However, I've always had asthma, so I've always struggled some. And when I was younger, it wasn't well controlled and it wasn't well monitored. I didn't go to asthma checks. I didn't go to follow-up visits. I didn't really go to any asthma doctor. I grew up in the Midwest of the United States. We did have a lot of humidity there. And then we had a lot of cold there as well. So a lot of humidity in the summer and a lot of cold in the winter. So as I watched Island, I didn't judge them on their faces. I never judged anyone solely on their face. I had my favorites based on their personality for sure. And based on how well they seemed to interact with the other contenders. Also how much screen time they got because honestly I think there were some guys who didn't get very much screen time. I don't think it was really a fair process, unfortunately, because I think that there were guys who stayed in the ground the whole time instead of actually going to Island, who had a lot of potential but just did not get to show it adequately because they were not the people who were chosen for parts one through four or parts one through six, the standout parts in the group numbers. So it just really seemed unfair from the beginning. Now, if anyone from Big Hit is listening, I do apologize if that sounds harsh. I'm not trying to be harsh. As a viewer of the show, as a member of the population who was voting and logging in to look at Weavers, I anticipated the show every week. I was like, when, when is Friday here? I really want to watch it on Friday because in my country it would come on at 8 in the morning on Friday. It is the first idol show that I've ever anticipated that much and the first idol show that I've ever been that invested in. Now I did watch American Idol and I got pretty invested in a couple of the contestants or contenders but I did stop watching American Idol after Simon Cowell stopped being on it because it just wasn't that interesting to me anymore. The other people, it's not that they were too nice but it, I just felt like they weren't giving enough feedback to the point where they were saying anything that the the singers, the vocalists, could really walk away with and say, okay, well, according to that judge or according to that, what are they judges or coaches? They're judges? What are they? According to that judge, I'll just call them judges, um, I need to really work on this. I need to work on my pronunciation or enunciation or I need to work on my um, stage presence or I need to work on my facial expressions or I need to work on my vowels or I need to draw out my phrases more so that I don't cut the phrase off too early and 
It just seemed like after Simon Cowell left, the judges were more like, oh, that was great, that was beautiful, I loved it, or maybe it was the wrong song for you, but I really thought you did a great job, and it just seemed like just too, too soft of comments, really not enough critiquing. So on Island, when, was his name Doku or Dooku? Dooku? Dubu, sorry. Dooku is from like a Star Wars Clone Wars or something. That guy and P-Dog and Rain especially. I loved Rain on the show. I didn't even know who Rain was before that. I felt like maybe I had heard of him somewhere. But I absolutely loved him on the show. Loved seeing Mr. P.D. Bong on the show. Um, it was fun to see the local coach come in once, but I feel like they should have showed her more often. I feel like they should have focused part of the show on the vocals each time, perhaps. Maybe just a little bit to show us what the guys were doing and how they were working on their voices. Because really, the whole thing was set in dance and stage presence, pretty much. My favorites in the show that had nothing to do with performance ability were EJ. I thought his face was just precious. His smile and the way that he was so sweet and kind to the other guys what really stood out to me from the beginning, but unfortunately he didn't get to move on into part two of Island. I really wanted to see more from him, but it seemed like the producers really thought he was great when they first saw him. And then I liked Seon. There was some controversy around Seon, but I did like him. I thought that he seemed like he was a pretty good friend to some of the older guys, but I'm not sure how he interacted with the younger guys. And it was really unfortunate when he got sent to the ground that it showed him kind of being an outsider on the edge of the circle when everybody else was reuniting with each other. That was sad, and I really think that he didn't get much of a chance to stand out at all. I did like Hanbin a lot. That guy is such a smiley just beam of light. He's such a great guy. And if you watch the CAC K-pop dance covers in public or something like that, you'll see a lot of Hanbin dancing with his Vietnamese dance crew or street crew, whatever you call it. Although I don't know if everyone in his crew was Vietnamese, to be honest. Maybe they were from different Asian countries. I have no idea. But all I know is they love dance, they love music, and he really is shown in those videos. But I feel like early on, since he was the very first one that was not voted through into Island, I think that he lost his confidence from the very first day. He never got to go to Island. He stayed in the ground the whole time. So I feel like he really just didn't have the confidence to begin with when he went to part two. Although he had the popular vote and he had the pub support, he didn't have the eye of the producers more than maybe one time, unfortunately. So I was really sad when Hanbin didn't advance and when he just didn't really seem to have much of a chance to be in the front or to have a part that made him shine and stand out. Some of the other guys I really didn't connect with. They didn't show them much. They didn't give them much airtime or screen time. There was Taeyong, Sung Chul, uh, Jimin, Jimin, whatever his name was. There was Nicholas. I really thought that Nicholas was going to be somebody who stayed around longer and I think that he became good friends with some of the people, some of the guys that stuck around, but he was let go unfortunately and he was from Thailand. I thought he was really interesting and attractive and just seemed like he kind of has the whole idol package. 
So hopefully he will stick with it. And like I said in another episode, I really hope that Big Hit retained all or most of those guys. Some of them have some really good vocal skill, like Gonu and J-Bomb. I think those two are some of the best singers that Island had, at least from what they showed us. And so I'm hoping that they will hang on to those two. And, or maybe another good company that really takes care of their trainees and their idols will pick them up. That's, that's my hope. Like KQ Entertainment, that is the company that ATs is with, and they really do treat ATs extremely well. So it would be awesome if some of these guys were picked up by that company or by Big Hit or, um, I guess I don't really know a lot about the companies, but there are certain ones that I would hope that they don't get picked up by. Hopefully they also know which companies to stay away from. But I feel like young guys and girls who just want to be on stage and just want to be famous doing the singing and the dancing, I feel like they will be blinded by their desire to just have that chance and have people scout them out and sign them on. And so they might not take the time or they might not realize that they should investigate the company really vet them out with their parents, you know, and possibly an attorney if they can afford one, and somebody who's going to make sure that they get signed on with a company that's really going to take care of them, that they're going to get fed well, that they're going to get sheltered well, that they're going to be paid, that they're going to be treated well with no violence, no abuse whatsoever, no neglect whatsoever. So I do worry about those guys because a lot of them are younger. I'm just really hoping that they'll be careful and be really smart in their business choices from here on. Okay, so about the top 12 guys, week by week we lost one, and then at the end we lost two. And I was shocked that Kay was one of the two that we lost. I was so shocked, and I thought, how in the world could they do this? Kay, I guess, wasn't as popular with the global voters, but it seemed like when their pictures would be in Weverse, there was a lot of comments and a lot of love given to pictures and posts about Kay. Oh, I just felt so, so sad and so bad for him. I did cry. I felt bad for Daniel, but not as bad because Daniel's younger and he is Korean. So he has two advantages already. Kay is Japanese and older. However, Kay wouldn't have to enlist in the military service. So if he were to be signed into an idol group in Korea, he could be one of those people who has a solo debut. Anyway, I'm just I'm sad about it in general. I think what was an extra blow of disappointment was the week before. The producers liked him so much. They had nothing but high marks of praise for him. And he got to know what it was like to be in the number one spot in Island. He got to sleep in the purple room in the bed that was designated for the number one producer pick and I just feel like the voting system where producers got to choose or rank from weeks one and three and the global voters got to choose or rank in weeks two and four it was just really I think it's messed up I think that it needs to change but I'm not sure how to change it I think from the beginning all 23 guys should have had the chance to shine I think that they should have had every guy learn a main part each week and then every guy learn a background part each week that is more serving as an anchor sort of and there are 12 guys in a routine 
parts one and seven or one and eight often are the same where the person in the back is just doing similar stuff to the person that's got part number one. So I feel like it was just a mistake and a big kind of misleading process for all these guys to be able to come in and participate and audition and work so hard and lose sleep over it and get sick, and get tired and get their hopes up to just have about three or four of the guys stand out each week. And then as you got to Island and didn't get eliminated the next week, it just kind of seemed like the guys that were in Island truly felt that they owned those spots and that they truly felt like it wouldn't be fair if someone else from the ground came in and kind of dethroned them. I feel like at first they were voting for their favorite friends. After Kay made that choice to use the exemption card to save Jungwon when Jungwon was about to be eliminated and then automatically Taki was the next person who the next lowest ranking. It just seems like since then Jungwon really felt like and Heesung and Kay and everybody felt like Jungwon belonged there the whole time and that he was one of their friends and that they didn't need to hope that someone else from the ground could have the potential and could actually come up and join them. And so when they advanced in part two, where we had the final 12, they were so surprised when Daniel and Sunu ranked first and second. They were shocked. Kay didn't like it. He didn't think it was right. He didn't understand it. He was confused. And I think people were a little mad at him for that because so many people loved the younger contenders. They loved Taki. They loved Sunu. And they loved uh, Daniel. And they loved Hanbin, even though he wasn't one of the younger ones. I think he's age 22 right now. But he was a fan favorite from about halfway through the first part. Well... Yeah, it seemed like people just really liked him a lot. There were lots of YouTube comments about him, lots of Weaver's love for him. And I have to admit, I was one of those people, too, that he just stood out to me. And I wanted him to succeed. I wanted him in the group. I wanted him to do well. It just seemed like people really voted more for the ones that they thought were cute and sweet and cuddly and charming. And less for the people who might actually be ready to debut. I wish that the population that voted would have considered more who really seemed ready to debut and less on who could have the cutest facial expressions and who was the most adorable that you just want to hug them or squeeze them. No hate on those guys. I'm not trying to say they weren't ready, but I do feel that, in my opinion, watching it as a fan, they were less ready than Kay. I really feel like it just wasn't fair in some ways. So when they found out that Nikki was in... They seemed very surprised and very pleased. Mr. Bong, PD, I don't even know how to call him, PD Nim. <laughs> Mr. Bong Nim, however, he seemed extremely surprised by it. Nikki is undeniably one of the top two dancers in Island. He might probably be the best dancer in Island. I was thinking that he is the best dancer. He picked up on the choreography extremely quickly. All of his popping and hits and everything were extremely sharp, defined and precise. And then he had Grace as well. He was a backup dancer for, was it Shiny? 
at one point. I can't remember, but he had a lot more experience than we knew, and I really felt like he was ready, so I think he earned it. I think that he's got the talent and the skill that he's ready, and that those guys will raise him because, as we found out, he's the McNay of the group. Like, if it was a choice between Nikki and Kay, I don't know. It would be very, very hard for me to choose. But if it were a choice between Jungwon and Kay, I would have picked Kay. Between Sunghoon and Kay, I think I still would have picked Kay. Not totally sure. If it was a choice between Jake and Kay, I would have picked Kay. My final debut group, if I could have had my top wishes fulfilled, would have been Jay, because I loved him from the beginning. Jay as leader, super supportive guy, super loving guy, just honest and helpful and hardworking and sincere, and he's so blatantly honest. He's like critical of himself, but funny. In episode one, he said, we might not look like it, but we are very trustworthy people when he came in. And the other people were like, whoa, that was really random. And they thought he was super funny. He had met Hee-sung before. They both trained for Big Hit. And Kay also trained with Big Hit. Jay would have been my leader. This is what I would like. And then my next favorites were Sung-hoon and Miki and Kay. So those four, my favorites. Hee-sung. I was kind of a little bit annoyed with him because he, he sort of seemed like, even though he was humble... He sort of seemed like underneath his humility, there was a layer of just ownership. Like he really felt that he belonged there and there's no way someone's going to take him out of that group because he's got a spot in that group no matter what from week one. There was one time when he was a little bit worried. I think it was chamber five. They felt like his expressions weren't quite what they were hoping for, even though he had practiced being cute and adorable and lighthearted. I really felt like... Hee-sung needed to have a taste of not being the top. He unfortunately seemed to me like surprised that he wasn't number one every week and they would show him in his asides. They would show him saying I was disappointed that I wasn't number one. I thought I was going to be number one and that kind of thing just makes me uncomfortable. So I'm not mad at him, but I'm just not used to that. If he's confident and he's going to say, you know what, I want that number one spot. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to work hard for it. He should be disappointed if he didn't make it into the top seven. But he did every single time. Not once did he have to worry that he was less than one of the favorites. Jay always had to worry because he would always be teetering on the edge between places five and six. Then Nikki, he was always around place number eight, but it seems like he was always past place number seven. And then Jake as well. When Jake finally was in the top seven, Juwan was pushed out to number eight. People like Jake were just happy just to get in the top seven and finally surprised and overjoyed when he was, but he couldn't even enjoy it because he felt so bad for his friends sort of demoted out of the top seven. I just felt more connected to the guys that were constantly in the later part of the top 12 and less in love with the guys that were constantly around places one, two, and three. In my opinion, you should be happy if you are in the top seven period. You should be happy if the voters put you there. You should be happy if the producers put you there. Even to be in the top three or four of the top seven, which Hee-sung always was. I think he's cute. I think he's talented. I think his best performance out of everything that he did, the entire experience, was Butterfly, when he was the vocal representative with Gonu. So my final seven group of the top 12 would have been 
Jay, Sunghoon, Niki, K, Hanbin, and Gonu. If I want to be really nice and say Sung deserved it because he is ready to debut right now, he was probably very near ready to debut when he trained with Tomorrow By together, and he was probably heartbroken when he didn't get to debut with them. So I think he was way more than ready this time in a lot of ways and what he didn't know or what he wasn't as skilled at he could catch on and learn very quickly so i'm proud of him for how hard he worked i did love seeing him be close to gonu and other people he seemed to become close to sunu after the first time was sunu as number one daniel as number two and he sung as number three so I think Hee-sung probably felt a little bit weird because he's like, I'm in this top three room. I thought I was going to be in place number one. These two people who didn't spend much time in Ireland, the global voters keep on ranking us and voting us that these guys are going to continuously be better than me in people's eyes. He just seemed a little uncomfortable at first to be in there with those two, but I think it was a great opportunity for him to be with them because then he couldn't just be with his favorite people and sleep in whatever room he wanted. And he got to know them, and he got to really become their older brother or their big brother. It seemed like he did become closer to them, but even in the final, it seemed like he was still closer to people like Jake, Juwon. I personally liked Jay the best because I felt like he didn't single people out and turn his back on others. I feel like he showed an extended support and love to everyone. And he had the confident and encouraging tone and presence from the very beginning. So when Jay got demoted from Island to the ground, I think it was week two, they said, let's see what you've got so far. And so in the ground, he lifted up and then kind of dropped onto the other guy's arms when they performed fire. And he, ahead of time, talked to producer Rain. He said, you know what? There's a part in this choreography that we didn't try, that we didn't learn, that we are not going to do right now during this evaluation because it's dangerous and he said that with a lot of confidence but what he didn't realize was instantly their their guard was up against him as the leader they and they told him afterwards and they scolded him they said this is very disrespectful we cannot believe how completely disrespectful this is that you didn't even try it that you wouldn't try it and let's try it right now and so they learned it right now and they taught it to them and everything but I loved Rain he's like I'm your older brother I'm here for you guys and then he scolded them and then Jay stood there and took it he's like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry yes thank you like taking all of the criticism for the entire team and taking all the responsibility for that on his own shoulders and he did not hang his head and he didn't cry i'm re-watching it with my son because my son is extremely interested in hip-hop now and he really admires j-hope he's always wanting to know who i think is the best dancer in the whole world and i'm always telling him i don't know i don't really think there is a best dancer in the whole world i think fiction i don't know if you've ever seen him his name is spelled f-i-k-s-h-u-n fiction he was awesome and i watched him years ago in so you think you can dance and i think he was the winner that year jay is my favorite he's absolutely the coolest kid i think i don't love him more than bts members but i love him then Nikki, I see great potential in him. I think Nikki had a harder time expressing himself, telling people and communicating with his team how he felt and what he thought. There was this one part when Kay was the leader in part two of Island that Nikki was trying to add a little, a little bit of expression or personality to his part to stand out. And 
Kay chewed him out and he said, do you think you're just a solo artist right now? Do you think you're a star by yourself? Um, that's not okay to do that. You need to talk to me first. And I think that Nikki had every right to do that, but he should have maybe run it, but run it by the rest of the guys first. He might've said, you know what? I'm not part one. I'm not part two. I'm not part three. I'm part four or six or whatever number, whatever part he was. I wish that he could have been able to express himself and maybe he did, but we just didn't get to see it. Or he would have said, you know what? I'm not one of the main parts, so on my part, I would like to do something to stand out and get their attention. I would like to show my personality. I would like to show that I have a little extra something that can turn on the charm and make people want to know more about me and make people want to vote for me. And I think it's okay if everybody would have done that. Because when I think of BTS performances, who is the member that adds a little extra something almost every time? In in the cuter songs, like in Go Go, you know, actually they all add something cute in Go Go pretty much, or maybe most of them do anyway. Um, more sass, you know, more funniness, more humor, no, more goofiness. Um, they will add something, but who's the member who adds in Dynamite and in Boy With Love and in some of the other ones? It is Young. He has this little something where he'll shrug his shoulders more or he'll raise his eyebrows more or he'll smirk or he'll whip his head around or do something super cute or he'll just kind of do smaller movements than the rest of the guys. And so I think that Nikki should have been able to do that without any negative backlash from Kay. So I feel bad that he didn't get to do that, but he's in the group. That's great. I'm really happy for him. What I don't know is what's going to happen to Kay now. What's he doing now? I don't even know his full name. I don't know how, where I can find him or where I can follow what's going on in his performance journey, in his, you know, the road to becoming an idol. If he is age 21, I don't think it's fair for people to say he's too old. The only reason they can maybe say he's too old is because once they debut, if the average length of a contract for an idol is seven years long, then I guess they are looking at it as... If we don't debut this kid soon, he's going to be 30 already by the time his seven years are up. But if he were to get signed into a group and debut right now, I guess in the next one or two years would be okay. He would be just about age 30 or so when he's finally done with that first contract of seven years. You know what I'm saying? I'm just rambling at this point, but I, I feel bad for him because he's got the talent. He's got the hard work ethic. He's got the desire. He's got the burning ache to be a performer, to be an idol. I hope that they're actually thinking about debuting him in the year 2021. That is my deep desire. And if it's not with Big Hit, I hope they let him go. I hope they released him so that someone else could pick him up. It really seems like Rain, the producer, liked him a lot. So if he has any pull with another company that's going to treat Kay well, I hope that Rain would put in, you know, a recommendation for Kay to come in as a trainee and potentially debut pretty soon with another company. I think that the company Rain worked with or does work with, I don't know if he cut ties with them or not, is one of those big three companies that maybe notoriously did not take very good care of their trainees and their idols or maybe still does not so I don't want to get into that controversial kind of topics I don't really know much about it I just know that not a lot of them are treated well in other companies and I know that Big Hit definitely treats their idols extremely well um, 
they dote on them, they love them, they have the money to do it now. Before they didn't have that money, but they had the desire and they saw the potential in BTS. And so they created, you know, the company and they had a few other trainees and stuff. You know, BTS is it and they made it big and now a big hit is huge and people want to buy in and people want to work for them and everybody's hoping to get noticed. And honestly, if you are an animator or a cartoonist or a stylist or something and your dream is to work with big hit and you actually have the skills and the potential here is me rooting for you guys i really hope that they will hire you i hope that if you want to move to korea or if they have like a united states department or branch somewhere that they can hire you guys and use your skills and talents and your drive for you know hard work and um, making bts and everyone in Big Hit look and sound their best. I want to shout out to Marianne Draws on YouTube. She makes really great cartoons of BTS. You guys should check out her video. And then there's Reiki, I think. Ray K or Ray Raisy. R-E-I-Z-I, -I, I think is how you say it. Uh, that person is an amazing artist and I follow them in Twitter. Um, there are a bunch of other ones that I follow who are doing little cute things like little chibi stuff. I think that some of you guys if you're listening to this, I think some of you guys would do an amazing job. Hard work, you know, stay strong and keep on going for your dreams. If I were to be, you know, just dreaming out loud here for a minute, if I were to be hired by Big Hit to do something to help their company and help their artists, what is it that I would want to do? You know, let's just rattle off the list of everything that I would like to be considered for. I'd love to cook for them. I would love to work on their makeup fascinated by skincare and makeup, but especially skincare. So I would want to work on their makeup and I would want to work on their skincare and their, you know, how their hands, their skin and everything all over their whole body stays in good shape and hydrated. Also, I'm a good listener. So if they ever would hire me to be somebody who's kind of like a sounding board to listen to them, anyone who's in the company, mostly BTS, of course, I'd like to work with them. I mean, if I had a chance to not be a therapist, I don't want to be their therapist, but to be a listener to them, to be somebody who they can trust and talk to and not judge them, but just be like a sounding board. Um, I would love to do that. I am a good cook. I wouldn't say I'm a great cook, but I have the potential to be a great cook. I just don't know how to do everything. Um, I know how to cook chicken and potatoes type dishes and beef dishes, but I don't know how to cook with all of the noodles and the pork and stuff that they eat. I am allergic to fish, so I couldn't be one of their main cooks. I couldn't do anything about the seafood and the fish, sadly, but, you know, I wish that if Big Hit were ever to notice me for any reason, those are some of the things that I would love to work with them on. Another one is, oh, if they would hire me to be Jin's piano teacher, I would absolutely love that. I don't fangirl over Jin the way that a lot of people do. So I could keep it very calm and very professional, you know, make his lessons very enjoyable for him and the process of learning how to play the piano and make progress in it. I would make that very, very enjoyable for him just with the way that I'm able to work with people and kind of fit their personality and tailor the lesson specifically to them. I can teach without books or with books. It doesn't matter. I'm able to teach both ways. I'm able to teach by ear and by sight reading. But my specialty has been learning by ear with chord progressions and with you know, key changes and what chords sound good with what and little interludes and things. A transition between one part of the song to another. 
that has been more of my background and my specialty. Also, I have some vocal training. I'm sure they have people there who are amazing singers, much better than me. But if there was ever something that Big Hit would see or hear in me, I would love to help out somehow or make their guides or, you know, help be like the background and record some of their guides with them. I don't need to be like Adora where her voice, her beautiful voice, it's very lovely, is actually in their final recordings. Like it's in People from August D2. She sounds so good in that song. She sounds just so, ah, like she sings softly, but it's still, her voice stands out. And then in Seesaw, which is my absolute favorite solo BTS song. I, I just think that it's going to be very, very hard for them if they do want to get married and settle down someday. I think it's going to be very, very hard for them to find potential partners just because how are they going to know if the person is sincere without just wanting their fame and their money? So I worry about that. I heard that Hobie's sister, I think she's older than him, right? I'm not sure. Um, but I heard that she was engaged. And congratulations to her if she is. I didn't look it up for sure to find out. I just got curious and I wasn't sure like, hey, what's going on with Jin's brother? What's going on with Hobie's sister? I'm sure there's nothing about Tay's siblings because they're younger than him. If there's anything that we can learn about Hobie's sister because she has her own fashion line or her own clothing boutique or something. I heard that she's engaged, but if she's not, I definitely want her to be happy and to be with the person that she chose or chooses for life. I want her relationship and her marriage to last, but if she's not engaged, I wouldn't be that surprised if another one of the BTS members might actually want to eventually, you know, get to know her better, fall in love with her, and marry her. Couldn't you kind of see it, how they'd become then brothers-in-law with Hobie? <laughs> anyway, I don't want to make anyone mad for talking about this, but I think the wider population of my listeners is between age 24 and 44, 45-ish. So I think that a lot of you guys listening can probably understand there's no way we're going to date or marry BTS ever. We're not ever going to have the chance, okay? I know that some of them want to have a family, want to have kids, want to be dads, but you can be dads without actually biologically having children. There are ways to have children. There are children who need homes. There are babies and children who need loving, adoptive parents. So you never know what some of these guys might want to do in life. I mean, I can see certain ones of them possibly marrying Adora if she's interested. Who knows if she's already in a committed relationship? Who knows if she's already married? I have no idea. I'm not going to touch on the other controversial stuff. I'm not going to talk about the military right now because I just don't know enough about the enlistment, the laws and the rules, the deadlines and the timeline and everything. So I'm not going to talk about that. I do wish the best of happiness and success in all relationships and endeavors for every BTS member. If Big Hit were ever to notice me, I would want to be in a role of support for the guy. But my strengths lie in music and listening and skincare. Definitely. So that's what I want to do. I have tried writing songs before, but I wasn't that great at it. As far as I know, my songs never went anywhere. I didn't really try to submit my songs for, you know, for sale or for recording, although I wanted to. I actually thought about that a couple times throughout my younger years. 
and I thought about it more recently as well because I do think I'm a good writer, but I don't know if I'm a good songwriter. I tried writing a song with my niece a few weeks ago, and we did great with verse one and and the chorus, but it was so hard to come up with a verse two when we're still stuck on it. So I think that's actually pretty common. Having to come up with verse two being the challenge. Sometimes the music just flows and the words just flow and everything comes together great, but sometimes you're lucky if you can even make verse two. And then finally, when BTS was at the actual finale, that was so good. They looked so good. And Mr. Yoongi, okay, Suga, he was wearing a bright yellow sweater, pale yellow on top, and then it got darker as it went down the sweater. He used to say he was wearing nothing but black, and like when they tried to put him in a pink jacket, he's like, this jacket doesn't fit me, or this shirt doesn't fit me. They put him in all these colors, and he's like, I prefer to wear black. Well, now he's wearing all, all kinds of colors, you guys. So he looked awesome sitting there in that yellow. I loved seeing them there. They did look a little bit serious. Um, some people joked that they looked tired, and some people joked that they looked a little bored. I don't think they were bored. The process did drag out because that finale was so hard to watch. It seemed like every single ranking and elimination was two minutes or more from the time that the host, he said, I will now reveal who is the top fourth ranked person and who's going to be the next person to debut with Enhypen, which by the way, I'm not crazy about the name, <laughs> the name, but I'll get used to it. And I like what it stands for. It's just kind of odd. It's just kind of hard to get used to it and think of these guys as an hypen after thinking thinking of them as islanders for such a long time. The host taking such a long time to announce who's going to be the next person to go over to the, the winner's circle. That was painful. It was excruciating. I cried. I was like, I don't know what to expect next. I was at work, actually, when I was watching it and I missed parts, but I usually ended up being able to see when the person's name was called next in the next spot. I think that Hobie was the one that was most invested in the whole experience. I think he did his best to watch and stay current on the show. He probably did watch a good percentage or a good portion of the show the whole time, so he got to know the contenders the best. You know, he just got the most familiar with them. He was very invested in it. He looked very interested, very alert. He would smile. He would nod his head. He would kind of rock back and forth or jam out when they performed. And then Jin looked the most amused by the whole process. He looked like he had the compassion for when the guys wouldn't make it. He looked like he felt uninvested in the show, but very curious and very amused by the whole process. Jimin, he seemed just very serious, like taking his role as a mentor or as a sort of jury panel almost, which they didn't take BTS's, at least they didn't show, taking their opinions or, you know, their preferences into account for who would make it because I think they were planning on taking K into the group. However, I heard that there was controversy about K. I think that it's because People got it in their minds that K is too old, or maybe they didn't like how he talked to Nikki that one time, or maybe they didn't think that he was open-minded enough to accept other people's ideas. While the voting was still open, he did not seem to have the global voters' attention and their affection and support. Maybe the producers decided we can't take K. 
we have to take either Daniel or Sunu. And since the majority of our South Korean voters, you know, they want Sunu, let's give them what they want and let's go ahead and debut Sunu. Now, with Sunu, he expressed and gave us information that he's more weak, that he might be somebody who needs to rest more often, that he had some kind of a surgery or procedure last year. I heard it was with his lungs, but I don't know if that's rumor. That might actually be what happened. And I completely understand if it was a respiratory problem and he needed a surgery that would help him breathe better and have the strength and the stamina, then, you know, I can see not wanting to be told, guess what, you're too weak, you're too vulnerable, you're too much of a risk, we can't have you in our group. We don't want to debut you because you are possibly going to get sick. I would be devastated if that happened to me. So I feel like with the right rest and the right care and the right nutrition, and the right people, you know, watching out for Sunu, and if everyone is understanding that they will make sure that he is okay and he will be okay and he will do well in the group. But I feel like it was kind of a chance that Big Hit was taking. Kind of, it seemed like they were turning their backs on K and embracing Sunu because that's what global voters wanted and it really seemed like the majority of global voters were very young age 11 age 12 age 10 you know very very young we did actually see this in some weverse posts there was a lot of trend for fans to say how old they are and where they're from and tons of people had said that they were age 10 11 12 so I'm glad that you guys got who you wanted but I'm sad that someone like Kay, who really did seem ready to debut, didn't get that chance. So I do hope that he gets his chance very soon. And I think that he's got the plus on his side of being a Japanese citizen. So it's not mandatory for him to enlist. So he could potentially join a debut group of younger artists who all have their seven years left to give before their age deadline comes up and they have to mandatory enlist. You know what I'm saying? So that's all I'm going to say about it. And uh, I would have loved to kind of dissect the show with some of you guys that are listening, with some of you guys that were also fans like me, because the global voters decided who was going to be the final group until they had six guys and the producers had to pick the seventh guy. That's where I think everything just got so turned upside down because they did not expect both Nikki and Juwan and Jake. I shouldn't say both. I don't think they expected all three of those guys to get in. I'm not that interested in the next version of Island, but I probably will watch it if I have the time because I am interested in the whole process. And I do want to see the very first girl group that Big Hit will debut as rookies. Because with G-Friend, they came in from some other company, right? And they came into the umbrella of Big Hit. But I really want to see from the very beginning stages female trainees and the people who might be influenced by BTS, TXT, you know, and, and Hypen and who will be working with them. So that's fascinating to me. So I'll probably watch it for that. But I don't know that I'm going to really love listening to their sound or anything. However, since I do like big hit producers, I like their work, I like their style and everything, maybe I will end up liking this new girl group that's going to debut next year, right? Or whenever it is. Is it this year or next year? 
maybe they will be my first K-pop girl group that I actually follow and enjoy. Maybe I'll actually, you know, support them. So these are some of my thoughts after watching through the whole process of Into the Island Season 1. And as we've been a few weeks past that finale for a while now, I am following Enhypen, the, the official Twitter and the members page. I'm following them in Twitter and I'm liking their posts, sometimes commenting on them. Uh, more, I'm more inclined to comment on my favorites of the group and not everybody because as I am a working adult who is uh, very obligated to helping my family and also I'm working on trying to become, you know, the better version of me and more fit and more healthy and everything. Plus, I like to dedicate more of my free time to BTS than to any other group with Enhypen. So I do like to stay current on seeing what they're doing. If it's a post by Jay, he's my favorite, I will look at it. I will look at it every time. And they've been sharing notes all the way through since July. The notes are dated back to July this summer during part one. They've been sharing video logs, I guess, video diaries. They released them a couple months later, so I think that they're now in part two or about to start part two in their video diaries so i will always listen to it if it's jay and i will always listen to it if it's Nikki, because those two are the ones that i'm most interested in seeing their growth and their changes oh and i also like to to watch sunu in those and i want to make sure that he doesn't get too tired out and things like that so i'm just trying to make sure that i don't miss something important in his development, plus I really like how mature and thoughtful he's been showing himself in the video diary entries. And then I will also usually like and comment on Sunghoon's posts because I really like him. I'll try to hit like anyway just to give them the attention and give them the likes and the views and stuff like that. I'll try to, you know, click like so that they can get exposure, so that they can have more traffic, more activity, you know, on their posts and try to get more people to, to notice them and like them and follow them and be interested in their process and in their career. So that's what I do with them now. However, really, I'm just getting into Twitter mostly for BTS. And every BTS member that posts or everything that's talking about what big thing got announced today or what big thing is coming up, an achievement or like the neighbor articles that they are sharing all the time. I'm trying to give a lot of attention to those types of posts by BTS. And then I'm watching everything that they share in YouTube. Sometimes I don't have time to watch all the Bangtan bombs. I will sometimes let them stack up a little bit and then watch you know, like a week's worth at a time. I'm still behind on In the Soup. I did watch episode six and I loved it. My favorite episode so far has been number five and then my second favorite has been number one. Um, number five because it was so entertaining. It had so much in it. It was very funny. It just seemed like a lot more kind of like upbeat energy. And I think I'm going to rewatch the In the Soup episodes and then cover those in a podcast episode as well because there are some interesting things that the members are saying and doing that I just like to discuss. I think that it's really, really cool that we have access to seeing them in that environment, in the floating house and the main house and all that, going and having their kind of free time and stuff. So I do have things to say about that, but this episode definitely catered more to the people that are invested in and hype in wondering what they're doing and, you know, wondering who else out there is a fan of them. And I'm not a teenager, 
and I'm not in my early 20s either, so, but I'm still a fan of them, and I want other people to notice them, and I want them to get a lot of attention. I want people to be saying their name, and I want people to be excited for their debut, and I really want to see what kind of music they'll release first. I'm really excited to see what kind of formations they'll have in their dance routines, in the choreography. I'm most interested to see who is going to be their leader. Besides that, what I'm really, really most interested in seeing, I know I just keep on saying what I'm most interested in, but I'm most interested to find out how they all sing. I want to hear their vocals, because we've been able to hear Hee-sung's vocals and Sunu's vocals. We've been able to hear Jungwon a little bit more than some, but I don't really feel like we got the taste of how Nikki sings, how Jake sings, how Jay sings. And it's late and I burned my hand today. I burned my hand and I've got some blisters on about five of my fingers and I've had a lot going on. So maybe I just named all the guys and it just seems like I named only five of them. So right now, I'm really looking forward to hearing their vocals. I want to hear them sing some ballads. I want to see if they're going to be doing some harmony. I really hope they'll sing harmony. And I want to see who's going to be their leader. That's very, very important. Who's going to lead the group? who everyone's going to look to, to, you know, be that bridge between the members and also the, like, the staff and things, someone who's going to be capable of arranging things and helping with interviews and stuff. I do think that Jay knows more English than anyone else in the group other than Jake. So I think Jay and Jake will be the ones that will help out with English the most. I could be totally wrong. I don't know who knows more English. It just seems to me like Jay has the potential to whip out some good English on some interviews and stuff. So let's just see what they have planned. And we know that Jay is blonde right now and he's been hiding his hair for about two or three weeks underneath some beanies and hoodies. And also, uh, Nikki's been hiding his hair, and Sunghoon has been hiding his hair, and he sung, he looks sometimes like he's got dark red hair already, and he's almost always wearing a beanie or a hoodie, but maybe his hair's still just black, and it's just kind of the lighting in the room. So that's it for today, you guys. Thank you so much for coming. The next episode is going to be all about BTS, so I'm excited to talk about BTS, only BTS, and about just yeah, everything about BTS. So thank you guys so much, and I will talk to you really soon. We'll see you in the next. I'm invested in him. Every time I'm about ready to post this episode, I see something else that Enhypen is doing that gets me really excited, anticipating their debut. So let's just briefly talk about how they released their trailer one and their debut trailer two already. So today is October 24th, and it's been quite a while that I've been kind of recording my thoughts and opinions my feelings on Island, and the reason why I'm taking so long is because after watching it again and after seeing the guys lately with all of their Weavers posts, their Twitter posts, their TikToks and all that stuff, I've really felt that they established a really good group there and I'm excited to see every single one of those guys and how they make progress and how they grow and how they develop into the best version of themselves that they want to be. I'm really excited to see who is going to be kind of like a dance captain. I'm wondering about that. Really getting the guys going, keeping them on schedule regarding practice, making sure that they really hype the team up to not want to give up if they're doing something difficult because I'm thinking of J-Hope as dance captain for BTS and I'm just thinking about how he is very prompt and he likes things clean and organized and he likes to keep people on task and so I'm wondering who's going to be that type of personality within and hypen Going into these debut trailers, 
They are amazing, you guys. If you have not given Enhypen a chance yet, you can find their debut trailers on YouTube. And with the first one, which was about maybe two days ago, I was just getting vampire vibes right away. And I wasn't seeing anything that was really saying a lot of vampire, except that the narrative is pretty cool. I think it's Jake that's doing the narrative. You can hear his Australian accent speaking English and the music and the vibe and the lighting and everything, the way that it's filmed is really, really intense. I was seeing like roses and the color red, but today, the trailer that was released this morning, woohoo! It's really, really intense. It shows the guys with smoke around them, almost like they're getting ready to take off at the super speed. It's showing somebody writhing on the ground. I believe it's Niki is writhing on the ground. It's showing Jay hiding in some kind of a hut or shack somewhere, like he's kind of trying to avoid danger that's outside the window or the door. It shows Sunu in a chair, curled up, looking maybe maybe afraid, almost like maybe he's like a newborn vampire who's been left alone. There's just so much. So I'm really excited for this concept. I want to see how they're going to weave the videos and the songs kind of, you know, together to make a picture, to make the theme or the concept. And they are going to be debuting officially in November. So that's in a few days from now. It could be any day in November. I'm really excited for them. And I was trying to figure out why am I allowing myself to get not distracted, but just get as excited as I am about such a brand new group. Why am I so invested in them? Because I barely have the time that I want to spend with BTS. And I'm like, man, like if I'm cooking, I want to be not cooking. I want to be in the living room watching BTS stuff. And I wish I could understand Korean so that I could just put on some of their V lives and just listen while I'm cooking or doing the dishes, you know, so I wouldn't have to read this English subtitles. But I'm, the reason why I'm sharing a part of my heart with Enhypen is because I feel like they are the rookie group, the babies of Big Hit, that I wish I could have seen. I wish I could have been with BTS from the very beginning, and I didn't get that, but at least I'm going to be with Enhypen from the beginning. So they're not going to take the place of BTS in my mind. I'm just adding them to the family, you know? Just like TXT didn't replace anybody, they didn't even, in my opinion, like just the way that I like music and the way that I have um, invested my time and my affections into BTS, they just take such a huge part of my life, a huge part of my heart and my soul and my mind, that I can't let myself, I don't, it's not that I even want to either. I don't have the desire, and no offense towards BTS. TXT because I love the, those guys, but I still don't even know all five of their names. And that's a group of five. I should know who they are by now, right? But I've become intrigued about TXT since they released Nine and Three Quarters, Runaway. And I, but I like their music. I listen to their music. I have a couple playlists of them. I will listen to them once in a while. I'll watch their videos. I don't hate them. I don't try to avoid them on purpose, but it's just that I've, you know, I'm. I'm devoting my time to BTS, and then if I have extra time left over, I'm, you know, sharing with ATs because I really love those guys. They're great personalities. They're sweet. They're charming. They're creative. They're excited. They just came on their second, they just came up to their second anniversary yesterday 
from their debut. And they're really some cool people. They care about each other a lot. They always want to take care of each other. And I think that if you guys give them a chance, you won't be disappointed in any way whatsoever. Their song Inception is really special. Their song Answer completely different from BTS's Love Yourself Answer. Is it Love Myself or Love... Yeah, it's Love Myself Answer. Um, anyway, but their song Answer is so different. It's like a celebration song. It's like a triumph song. It's like an anthem between ATs and their fans. Um, it makes me want to dance. It makes me really happy. I don't know what it is, but they definitely will always have a special place in my heart. And I can't even pick a bias in ATs because I... I'm enjoying all of them, but I don't have time to watch their videos the way that I give time to BTS to watch their videos, you know? And if I'm going to be listening to music, it's almost always BTS on Spotify or on my phone or in YouTube or anything. It's almost always BTS. So, but within Hypen, I am going to give them some of my time as well, because I just really want to see how they grow and how they come from rookies and brand new debut group, whatever. I'm having a hard time and I'm tripping over my words, but I really want to see what they do. And I want to see a group from formation all the way up. So this vampire concept though is so intense. And some of the guys are so young, 16 year olds, 17 year olds. I hope that they don't really make it like a Twilight, Bella Swan, El Edward Cullen situation. I hope they don't do that, but if they do, then I hope it's enough different so that we are not thinking Twilight at all when we are watching and listening. I think they're going to look so cool, what they're doing, and they're already really great at expressions. The acting that they did, it, just in the trailer, the trailer number two was about two minutes, nine seconds, and I was like, wow, this is so cool. It doesn't seem like it flew by for me. It felt like it was more four minutes long. And I'm very intrigued by it, so I'm excited for them. I'm way more excited for BTS's next album. The comeback is going to be Map of the Soul. No, is it Map of the Soul, or is it just called B? Why am I getting confused all of a sudden? Because they said the Map of the Soul era ended. So if it's ended, is this next comeback still called Map of the Soul B? I thought it was. I hope I'm not getting confused now, but I feel like... I feel like now I don't even know anything all of a sudden, but I'm definitely going to be sharing my episode with you guys, all my notes that I took from watching the concert, the one Map of the Soul on the Experience concert. That was amazing. It was dreamy. It was magical. It was emotional, and I can't wait to share about it. So let me just quickly wrap up by telling you guys that when I watched the it's sort of like a checkpoint video in Weverse, I believe it was, and Hypen, they all came together, and they released it this morning, and they said, it's been one month since we were officially formed into an Hypen, and we want to tell you about our reflections and our thoughts on how the last month went, and then they talked about what they each would like to do as a general goal until the next month. So they're going to be doing these monthly reviews for a while. I think they're going to do them every month for a whole year at least. And so I took some notes on that and let's tell you what they are. So Sunu, he said he would like to be prettier and cooler and he wants to work on that. And the boys were cute. They were saying, how can you be any prettier and cooler than you already are? So that was really sweet. 
Jay, thinking about the growth of the group as a whole, he said he wants to increase their Twitter followers to 2 million. And some of the guys laughed at that. They said, how about let's get to 1 million first? But I'm not sure actually how many they have. So I'll go ahead and look at that because I'm curious too how many they have. So just going to Twitter and hyping official... Wow, Jay's been tweeted about almost 4,000 times in the past hour. That's amazing. Okay, I see. So they have 885,000 followers. That's pretty cool. I'm curious why Jay is trending, though. You guys, I really had no use for Twitter at all until BTS. I didn't spend any of my time. But let's get back to talking about what the guys said that they want to work on over the next month. Nikki who's blonde now. So exciting and kind of different. I'm not used to it at all. He looks really different, especially with makeup on. Nikki, he said he wants to keep his personal sleeping area clean and organized. And I thought that was a really great goal. That's similar to one of my goals about keeping various areas of my life clean and organized or just, you know, taking better care of my things. Um, Junwon, he wants to gain muscle. I think that's really great. I also want to do that for myself. He sung, he wants to practice singing every day. He wants to get better at his vocals. So he wants to spend a minimum of one hour singing. Sung Hoon, he says he wants to debut successfully. So that's for all the members. Jake, he says he's wanting to make sure he takes all of his vitamins and he wants to take care of the other members. And he might even give them their vitamins. They were joking, will you please feed us, or are you going to feed us the vitamins too? And make sure that you feed us water. And they were all laughing about it. It just sounds like Jake is taking on the role, just at least for the next month, of kind of making sure he takes care of their health for them. So I think that's really neat. And I'm very wellness-minded. I'm very, you know, immune system, optimal health. I'm very in that like-minded with Jake. So I think that he's going to do a great thing for them by making sure he takes care of their health and making sure they don't get sick. And then they said they might do a V live in their dorm so that we can see what their dorm is like. I think that's going to be really fun. I would like to see that. We still don't know who the leader is, but I have my suspicion that it could be Heesung because in the last couple times they got together and shared videos, he's the one who counted them in. One, two, three, hello, we are in Hypen. And so... I'm proud of him. I'm hoping that if he's the leader, that everything's going to go well and that it's successful. I think he'll do a great job. I do feel like if it's not him, then I'm wondering if they're actually preparing Sunu or Jungwon to be the leaders because they have also done a lot of the speaking and a lot of the counting the members in to introducing their name. My activity of wanting to follow them and see what they're doing has picked up since the first part of this recording and a trailer in this episode because I felt I just feel a lot more excited about them now that they're closer to debut and they're actually showing us concepts and I cannot wait to hear what their new music sounds like that's going to be very exciting I already know what BTS sounds like and yes I want to hear what their new stuff is but there's so much at BTS that I'm enjoying all the time like I don't get sick of it I don't sit there and think all oh, their new stuff is way better than their old stuff or their old stuff is way better than their new stuff. And that's happened to me before with some of my favorite artists. I felt that their older things or their older songs or their older sound was better. For example, I feel like the Backstreet Boys were at their most. The Backstreet Boys that I liked the best during their career so far has been their music in the middle what they re were releasing when they were doing Larger Than Life and Shape of My Heart, Unbreakable. 
those are the ones I absolutely like the best. And so I feel like that also happens with other artists sometimes. For example, Josh Groban, I really loved his first albums and I haven't as much loved his later albums. It doesn't mean I hate him or don't like him or anything, but I just really felt attached to and felt really interested in the sound that he was producing and giving the the catchiness of the songs or the memorability of the songs to me. Sometimes you'll write a song and the chorus doesn't sound like it fits with the verses or the bridge doesn't sound like it fits the song at all. And that has unfortunately happened with both Backstreet Boys and Josh Groban in some ways. So I'm really intrigued to hear what Unhypen's going to sound like. And I'm really intrigued to hear what BTS has prepared for us in their next album, which is November 20th. Yes, it's less than four weeks now. Um, and But we, yeah, we do know how BTS sounds already, but we don't know the scope of their potential. We don't know the far-reaching way that they're going to change or, you know, add or grow. So I think we're going to still hear the same BTS, but we'll hear new elements because they're learning new things all the time. Yoongi has so much, you know, production still to show us, and so does Namjoon. They have so many ideas. They have some software. They have machines, you know. They have technology that are going to create new sounds, and... So it's going to be very fresh, I'm sure. Their new album is going to be very fresh, I'm sure. But also I think it's going to be very meaningful just because they made it this year. They created it all by themselves and they are sharing who they are, especially during a pandemic. You're going to write different music when you're going through different things. And the huge thing that they've been going through is not being able to interact with people in person, not being able to interact with fans in person, not being able to do a really big tour, not being able to go visiting different places and honoring the people who live in those places and, you know, thanking us and for all of our love and our time, our attention and the energy that we give to them and then giving that right back to us from their hearts because they are so happy to be performing. They're happy to be on stage. They're happy to be giving us music. They're happy to show us the best of themselves. And so when all of that gets taken away, wow, I'm getting, I'm feeling so tender in my heart and really, really appreciating them. I'm really proud of them for making it through this year. I'm really proud of armies all over the place who are making it through this year. And everybody who had tickets to their concert and everybody who is just devastated or heartbroken that they didn't get to see BTS in person. I even heard about an army. I heard this on Twitter that one of them, it was a young girl, she contracted COVID and she actually lost her life. She did not get to see BTS and... And just imagine how the guys feel and how all other armies feel. I can and I can't imagine. I only know how I feel. But the music that they produced during this time, feeling all these feelings, has got to be different in some ways from anything else they've ever made. I'm really looking forward to it, but I think that it's going to hurt our hearts at the same time. 
some of it. I hope there will be a lot of happy, energetic music. And Jimin said something like, there are songs on the album that are even better than Dynamite. And honestly, you guys, Dynamite is a great song. It's not my favorite song, but it's a great song. It's catchy. It's fun. It's something that's very repeatable. It's very danceable. And I hope they win a Grammy with it. But the only thing that I feel bad about Dynamite is that they did not write it themselves. And I'm sure that it's brought a lot of financial gain to the writers. But I do wish that the first English song and the first song that hopefully, hopefully they're going to get their own stage at the Grammys and hopefully a nomination at very least, I wish that that would be from one of their songs that they actually wrote and produced themselves. Anyway, let me not get into that super deeply or anything, but I need to wrap this up. So thank you guys for listening once again, and I hope that you enjoyed something about the podcast, and I hope that if you would like to come on and be a featured guest on the podcast or even join me permanently, you know, if we make a good team, definitely hit me up on Twitter at Kathos Media. <laughs> Actually, it's not Kathos Media. It's at Kathos TV. Sorry. On YouTube, I'm at Kathos Media, but I'm not really doing a whole lot with my YouTube channel right now. Once again, take really good care of yourselves and stay safe. I love you guys. That's it for this episode and thank you guys so much for coming here appreciate you tons stay well stay good look me up if you